My name's Red, and I want to tell you about the Transformers. My curiosity is aroused. Decepticons, transform and rise up! Calling Autobots! Calling Autobots! This is a battle protocol! Robots with emotions. Robots who can die. Arrest. Hey guys, welcome back to another exciting episode of what is now Fanhole's tradition, Transformers Tuesdays. We are back with another episode of Transformers Tuesdays. What we usually like to do on Transformers Tuesdays is have one of the Fanholes pick out a special piece of Transformers entertainment for your amusement. We'll give you a brief synopsis and then we'll discuss the bit of entertainment. We're trying to move outside of our comfort zone tonight. I picked a Big Looker storybook. The Big Looker storybooks were these kind of 8 by 8 almost like read-along books that were published in the mid-1980s by Marvel <laughs> Books. And it was, you know, of course, under license from Hasbro. And they usually had painted illustrations. And some of them, if you, if you remember, if you're fans of these, you might remember some of them were actually read-along books that came with cassette tapes or records or whatever, and they were done as kid stuff, read-along books. Are, are they similar to the Star Wars ones, like the Planet of the Hoojibs and all that? Yes, very much so. That's that's 8x8, eight eight, basically, is the, the format. So that that would be the size of the, you know, like the the Planet of the Hoojibs or the, um, what was the other one? The Droid one? Droid Factory? Or whatever. Uh, Droid World. Yeah, Droid World, like all, all those ones, the same kind of basic read-along, you know, R2-D2 will beep like this type books, so yeah, definitely. Uh, this is Derek, this is Derek WC, I'm going to be your host for tonight, and then uh, joining me... Hey, it's out. Mike, Justin, Dooney. Awesome, awesome. All right, so basically the Big Looker storybook that I chose for us to uh, look at and examine for tonight is called The Story of Wheelie, the Wild Boy of Quintesson. <laughs> so uh, this was first published in 1986. Um, the screenplay is by Ron Friedman. The writer is credited as Sonia Blackwoods. And the illustrations, which are pretty much the highlight of the book, not really the plot or anything like that, are by Earl Norum. Um, pretty much this is kind of like a prequel ish in in the middle of Transformers the movie but it also doesn't really kind of match up because RC is part of Hot Rod and Cup's party which wasn't really part of Transformers the movie so anyway but this is pretty much the plot right here um the storybook kind of details how Willie crash landed on Quintesson which I guess later in the cartoon maybe is Quintessa but here they call it Quintesson is the planet and in what we now know to be a Quintesson corkscrew cruiser. So he's the only survivor, and his parents, quote-unquote, perished in the crash. So uh, the Quintesson, I guess you would call them the bailiffs of, uh, you know, the Quintessons or whatever, they think Wheelie's a spy, 
and they lock him in this dungeon, and he kind of cries that his parents are dead, so it's kind of sad. Um, Wheelie is basically about to be taking, uh, taken to be made Sharktacon food. He doesn't even get one of those cool Quintesson trials where they tell him he's innocent first. They're just going to dump his ass in the Sharktacon pit. But Wheelie's like, fuck this shit. And he does, like, this Luke Skywalker, like, in Return of the Jedi, where he does a backflip off the plank, and he just gets the fuck out of Dodge. And basically, at that point, Wheelie is in survival mode. He's kind of, you know, hiding out from the Quintessons, and you get the idea he's been on the planet for a long time, because he's got this badass necklace that's made of Sharktacon teeth, he's got his little Luke Skywalker lightsaber, and he's got the firebomb slingshot that he would use on Grimlock in Transformers the movie. Um, there's some nice text about how, even though he misses his parents, because they're basically dead, he feels that their spirits were watching over him, so I think that's kind of interesting, given the whole Beast Wars stuff, like sparks and everything, like maybe their sparks are looking out for Wheelie or whatever, because they're his parents, and then this is where it kind of really deviates from Transformers the movie, because we go to the Autobots, basically, and we're introduced to the quote-unquote boy Autobot Hot Rod, and they also kind of describe Wheelie as a boy Autobot. And, um, you know, unlike Wheelie, Hot Rod has many, many friends. He's got the Dinobots, he's got the wise old Autobot Cup, and the quote-unquote girl Autobot RC. Unlike Transformers the movie, where uh, there were two groups, and they were on the run from Galvatron and his Unicron spawn, like Cyclonus and Scourge and the Sweeps, this mission that they're about to go on is strictly a supply run. So it's not like anybody's shooting at them when they get on the ship. It's just Cup kind of going, ah, lad, this ship's too heavy, you know, oi, and stuff like that. And and the Dinobots are helping load all these supplies because they're going to go see Bumblebee on Moonbase 2, and they're going to drop off some supplies because it's a strategic ground that the Autobots want to defend. For no real particular reason, the Autobots are going to, uh, or, sorry, for, for no real particular reason, the Autobot shuttle ends up malfunctioning when they're on, going on their way to Moonbase 2, and it's about to crash. So, you know, without the Decepticons being the ones that caused the crash, I blame Grapple or Perceptor or somebody like that, because they didn't, you know, check the controls or whatever. And then, without Springer on the scene, they make a big emphasis on the relationship between Hot Rod, the quote-unquote boy Autobot, and RC, the quote-unquote girl Autobot. Basically, they, they look a lot like boyfriend-girlfriend. They almost kind of look like, you know, I don't know, any kind of, you know, Flash Gordon and Dale, you know, like who, who whatever, you know, Han and Leia, any whatever pairing you can think of, they, they look like they're kind of together in, this, uh, in these illustrations. Um, the landing on Quinnison is at least a safe one, but Hot Rod and Cup state that they're in enemy territory. So basically, in this story, unlike Transformers the movie, it seems like Hot Rod and Cup are pretty much already aware that they're on a dangerous planet. Um, the Quinnison bailiffs surprise the party with a sneak attack, but luckily Wheelie comes out of the woodwork and drives off the attack party with a rhyme and a firebomb slingshot. So, traditional, typical Wheelie, he's rhyming and also kicking ass. Wheelie is basically seeing others of his own kind for the first time. There's introductions that are made, and they kind of exchange their stories. Wheelie leads his party back to the camp, to, to his own campsite, 
and the bailiffs follow them and engage the Dinobots along with everybody else. So Wheelie is kind of turning to Hot Rod and hoping he can fix his parents' old ship, the Corkscrew ship, and Hot Rod sees what's wrong with it and fixes the ship, and meanwhile the Dinobots kind of like stomp their feet on the ground and make earthquakes and all kinds of shit, and they drive off these Quintesson bailiffs and troops that are attacking them. So it looks like for a moment that Wheelie's going to be staying behind because he's like waving goodbye to his new friends, you know, and then Hot Rod's kind of like, you know, Fuck that shit. We won't split. Eh? Anyway, he's like, we won't split. He's like, without you, Wheelie. Um, and so Wheelie basically gets on the ship, and he's all excited because he's with his new friends. And then Wheelie's kind of looking at Quintesson, or as we later know it as Quintessa, from the window of his corkscrew ship. And he's kind of like Val Kilmer in Red Planet, and he's like, fuck that planet. So that's basically <laughs> the end. So that that's the the uh, storybook uh, eight by eight um, from Marvel Books. Um, yeah, that that's basically it. The Big Looker storybook, Wheelie the Wild Boy of Quinnison. Yeah, that that was the actual last line of it. Wheelie was like, you know, see that gun, go man it, and go fuck that planet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I don't know really what to say. I guess Wheelie is okay, but to me, he's always been kind of shit. But it was always how they portrayed it. I, I think I think I'm slightly askew from other Transformers fans because I don't really have any problem with Wheelie. Um, I know most fans kind of find him annoying, like he's the Jar Jar Binks of Transformers or something because of the way he rhymes and how he, you know, basically is perceived as annoying on the cartoon um, or even in the movies. Um, I thought Wheelie was pretty cute in the movies. I've always liked Transformers the movie. I've always liked Season 3 Transformers, and I consider Wheelie part of that Season 3 family, so not only do I like Wheelie, but I had this book when I was a little kid, so I think my perception is it could be flawed or askew or biased or whatever, but I I love the art in this. I mean, Wheelie just looks like a little badass, like with his... Yeah. Shark Decon teeth, and it's nicely painted art and everything. And I never thought of Wheelie as an incompetent, and I will always point to Wheelie as being a badass, regardless of Shark Decon teeth, because him and Daniel fucking kick Trypticon's ass in Headmasters. So nobody <laughs> else can lay claim to that. So yeah, fuck you, Wheelie haters. Yeah. <laughs> well, 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 Derek, if, if it helps, while I will not jump on board with the Wheelie love, I will say... And it hurts me to say this. I thought Copper Kid was okay in Silverhawk. So I, I feel your pain. <laughs> Everybody hates Copper Kid. I was like, he was fine. Well, he whistled. He was cute. He's a little mind kid. What up? You guys, you guys, you guys who are all perverted mumraws out there, you leave the Thunder Kittens alone. <laughs> Well, if nothing else, I do agree. Like, the art in this is, like, beautiful. It's, like, very, like, it's all painted and stuff. And yeah, the only thing I found really ugly was, like, apparently no one can really draw, like, the Autobot symbol because they just kind of, like, stamp it on to, like, where, like, all the, like, places it should go, like, <laughs> like after the drawing's been drawn. <laughs> I like, will, it, I it's, will a, say. It's, 
it's really noticeable on the cover where it does look like like someone drew in like Autobot symbols like on Cup and Hot Rod and RC, but then like they just stamped the like stencil on top of it anyway, so it looks like it looks like a, 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 a outline of an Autobot symbol with a little blob of red in the middle. <laughs> I, I was gonna say, Mike, um, from what Derek described, because I didn't get a chance to read this, unfortunately. Um, I will say that. But from how Derek described it, I, I actually, I kind of think I may have seen this. I don't think I read it when I was a kid, but I think I saw the book. But how he described Wheelie, that carried over to IDW, because I remember seeing Wheelie in a spotlight with, like, the Sharktacon necklace and being more the wild boy of Quintessa, you know? Yeah. It's pretty much the spotlight Wheelie's kind of like, a, almost like a retelling of this story, almost. Yeah, I yeah. just sent you a link to the Transformers wiki page where it describes and has some of the art from Wheelie the Wild Boy of Quintesson. So okay. just so you can appreciate that. Uh, the art's fantastic, like uh, Norum, uh, or Nor- I always called him Noreen. I don't know which one's right, but Derek's probably correct. Like he did a lot of like really great covers. Like he did a lot of those Planet of the Apes like magazine comic covers, and he did tons of stuff during the 80s for like. Master of the Universe, and I think he did a few, like, Savage sort of Conan covers, and uh, I think he did some Mars Attack stuff, too, but, yeah, he, he was always fantastic, like, kind of Frank Frazetta-ish style, like... Um, yeah, yeah. But, like, as far as the story, like, I remember having this book as a kid, and I didn't... I didn't care for it because it didn't line up with the movie, so I didn't. I couldn't oh, make sense okay. of it. Okay. So I kind of, okay. as a kid, it bothered me. I was like, "Well, this, this, that doesn't line up with the movie. Like, I don't understand." That, that's kind of like when I was a kid. That's kind of how I felt about like Transformers issue six because I was like, "Wait, but Shockwave's Megatron's loyal toady. Like, what's going on?" Like, I didn't. <laughs> at, at that point, I was young enough where I just couldn't. I couldn't reconcile the differences, but. I don't know what it is with this one. Like, I knew, I, I guess I knew there were differences, but I was like, well, what's the big deal? So they had the chick on this one, and the Decepticons weren't chasing them. I'm like, I, I guess if you want, you could discount that and, and just view it as a prequel that sort of fits into the movie with a couple little discrepancies. Or, you know, you could just take yeah. it as they, they wanted to tell a complete standalone story that doesn't... It's a movie tie-in without being a movie tie-in because it doesn't really tie into any of the, you know, main Unicron type stuff. So I just, you know, it's. I, I guess one thing that's interesting is there are no Decepticons in this comic at all. I mean, it's it's just the the the, the nemeses are the the uh, you know basically the Quintesson bailiffs for the most part. Like I don't think you actually see. Well, I guess. I don't know. I'm trying to remember if you. I think if there's one, what, there's one the five judge, face. Right? Yeah, the five faces. Uh, I think is, like, is that yeah, like you, in the Sharktacon pit? Like, is that? The yeah, you can you see, see one it? in the background, but he's not like he's barely colored. Yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, and it's like so. I mean, they, there's one appearance from a judge, but like they barely make an appearance. Like it's mostly the the bailiff guys that are like, like dropping the, the, the plank and stuff, right? The text describes like the judges, but like you don't see many of them. You don't like, you don't see many of yeah. them like painted and No you know. know what I found know what I found weird was like the very beginning. It's like why are Wheelie and his parents like in, in a Quintesson ship to begin with? Like it I, says I don't I don't think they realized that that was a Quintesson ship. Yeah, or, they probably just you know. figured it was like it's supposed to be like a Autobot ship or something. Yeah, yeah. Just, I think yeah. I think that was just you know they didn't know any better so well i know i know um 
like in the bi- the original Bible or whatever, like the original like materials, like the Quintesson's planet is just called Quintesson. Like, and because I know, because also in the Marvel UK comics, they just call it Planet Quintesson. Okay. But you know, in the in the cartoon, they call it Quintessa. Right. So, like, I, maybe that came later. Or something. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it did. I'm I'm sure just like the corkscrew ship, they weren't a hundred percent sure who it belonged to, or at least they they thought it belonged to Wheelie. You know, because it, you know, but. I guess, you know, think, you know, probably in the midst of the creative process, like things changed as they went to the finalized movie or something. So I'm sure there's little discrepancies like that. Or, you know, like we're talking about, it could just be they wanted to be standalone and they they ignored any discrepancies between the movie because it served the the standalone needs of the storybook, you know? Yeah, well, also, uh, I think Michael will agree with me on this is like in the Transformers movie. Where I guess this is what this is more or less based on instead of season three since it came before, they actually did kind of play up a possible romance with Hot Rod and RC, and also Springer and RC. But they in season three they pretty much developed it more with Springer and RC. So right. I think that's where they kind of drew it from. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah I mean, they they describe Hot Rod in his tech spec as the all American boy. If you know. Transformers were boys, you know what I mean. So you, you you get the idea. This is the this is the all American boy and the all American girl next door or whatever, you know, clinging on to each other while the old crazy man crashes the fucking ship on you know Planet Quintesson or whatever. <laughs> like you know that. Well, yeah, I always said uh, Hot Rod got Luke Skywalker because they did the same thing in Star Wars uh, before Lucas decided where he was going to take the story. There there was a possible romance with Luke Skywalker and Princess Leia. But yeah, like, it was funny. Like, I, I kind of wanted to mention Luke and Leia, but then when I said that, I just figured people would get connotations of brother and sister stuff, and that's not what I wanted to intimate when I was describing the relationship yeah, between yeah. Hot Rod and RC. So, like, I sort of, I, I kind of censored that impulse, but I, I the way you kind of set it up sets it up a lot better than if I was just going into it in the synopsis. Yeah, yeah, because uh, they they you know realized that Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford had really good chemistry, and then they changed that where because I, I really think they said at one point they said like on Return of the Jedi they're like oh they're fucking brother and sister, you know <laughs> they they said like that day they were told that so I think it was kind of like the same thing with Hot Rod and RC they're like not brother and sister but like we're going to make Hot Rod the leader and you know what let's have RC and Springer go for season three and do that. Well, I mean, Springer definitely has more of a more of a Han Solo vibe to him, you know. Yeah, yeah. As Michael like, knows, uh, the, they made the movie like during season two, so I mean, season three wasn't even thought of yet. Yeah, I, I like the ending where it's kind of like you know, like they Wheelie leads them to the ship, but then he's kind of like, "Yep, that Cybertron place sounds like a great place." Well. See you later. Like, and then like Hot Rod's kind of like, "Do you want to come with us, Wheelie?" <laughs> really? Like, I didn't want to say anything, but if you're offering, you know, it's well, it's funny because like when you get to that second to the last page, you're like, "What the fuck? They're just gonna leave him there?" Like, what? <laughs> well, well, you know, Derek. As far as the the hatred for Wheelie, I, I said this before we started the cast. We were just kind of like talking back and forth. Generation One Wheelie's toy sucked. And then when he saw the cartoon model, he was so fucking really nicely done. 
and I think there might have been a little bit of backlash, like, you know, from kids and, you know, even us older fans, like, you know, when we were kids growing up, we're like, well, Willie didn't look that fucking cool as a fucking toy, whatever. <laughs> you know? I, I think I was more forgiving because, one, Wheelie was a main character, so I have yeah. I have the disease called main characteritis, where if I saw it on a cartoon and it was a main character, then I was like, oh, I should get that because he's, he's important, like, you know... I was always kind of like, yeah, you know, it's, you know, uh, deluxe Insecticons, you know, who gives a fuck? But Wheelie, he's important, you know, like that, that was kind of my thing. And, you know, not so much how cool the toy looked or whatever. So I think I was more forgiving of the toy. I mean, as far as I was concerned, that was true of most Transformers, at least in the basic sense that his vehicle mode looked like his vehicle mode. His robot mode, of course, didn't. But, like, it's not like that was... You know, to me, I was like, I had gone through the the thing of, oh, this is Ironhide's robot mode? What the fuck, over? You know, like, like so True, yeah. that was, you know, I don't know. I, I By that point, I don't think I I would have been that judgmental about it, you know? I mean, as a kid, I was just kind of like, yeah, okay, he's got these long, gangly arms, and he's got these goofy little legs, and yes, his toy does not look exactly like the... Floro Deary character model, you know, but, you know, n- none of them did. So I wasn't going to be like, oh, fuck you, Wheelie, because it's like Wheelie had the same problem that most of those toys had, which, it, you know, is not fair, I think. I mean, it's like if they made an action master of Wheelie, I probably wouldn't be like, fucking A, you know, like awesome, you know, or whatever. So, Well, I mean, I will, I will say this, and uh, the way he's been portrayed as being a part of Orion Pax's crew uh, until Dark Cybertron. Um, and I'm not saying he's doing bad in Dark Cybertron, but like, I mean, I, I like how he's been portrayed much more in the the few little like you know short scenes we've seen Wheelie with you know Orion Pax and uh, Hardhead and uh, what's his name Garnack or whatever Garnack whatever. So I mean, it, like I said, it's not the it's not the character and not the rhyming. <clears throat> it's just how he's portrayed is very childlike and very not a wild boy, and they've they've done better with portraying him as a more capable like fighter and more like he rhymes yeah but he's not fucking stupid, whereas from my childhood I always kind of thought he was kind of stupid because he just rhymed all the time, and I understand what you're saying because like yeah there there's there's nostalgia and like. There are certain characters you just kind of latch onto, and you're like, "That guy's fucking cool." Fuck you guys. So, I mean, I understand that. Dude, I you're think... gonna be you're gonna be shitting your pants when Etrigan the demon visits you tonight, and he's like, <laughs> he's like, "What do you mean my rhyming is stupid?" Behold, man's final mad disgrace. He chops his nose to spite his face. Well, well, think... there's a difference though. I love Etrigan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just going to say, I, I think like in, in Robots in Disguise and IDW, they kind of play up more that Wheelie's kind of damaged from his experiences, like being like a survivalist and being on his own like all the like time. And that's, you know, kind of you kind of see that like like I know in Robots in Disguise, you see that like in that crazy time travel uh, issue, you see that like Bludgeon killed his only friend and stuff, and you know he's been living on his own for a long time, so that's why he's kind of off and stuff. But yeah, I don't he's, know. He's living in a world that's like in a constant state of a time paradox almost. Yeah, so it's like I mean, 
do you like like that better that there there's like a reason for that, or do you like it that he's just like he's that he's always been like sort of this sing songy like little like cheerful well, little guy or whatever. Well, I know Derek will go into it better because I know you're asking him, but I say I do, but I'll let Derek explain his reasoning on that. I, I mean, I, I don't think as a kid I gave it much thought, you know. I, I just kind of figured it. But, I mean, if, if if this story, like, if this backstory makes people feel better about Wheelie, then then I give props to it, you know. Like, that, that, that would make me happy, you know. Like, I, I think in my mind... I never really, you know, when I was at a young enough age, I never separated the two, you know, like I just kind of I read this and I watched the cartoons. And to me, it's kind of like that weird thing where I think now there's a big disconnect where it's like, oh, the the Chris Nolan movies are the Chris Nolan Batman movies. And that's totally different from like Batman on Young Justice. And it's totally different from, you know, uh, the Arkham Asylum games with Batman. But to me, like, when I was a little kid and I watched Adam West on TV, I pulled out my superpowers figure, which was not Adam West, but he was fucking Adam West. Like, so, I mean, to me it was like, you know, Wheelie was always this kind of damaged kid who was still kind of tough and rough and cool, and, you know, I, I just, I don't think I ever separated it, so... That's I, I mean yeah, that's the I best way you. I could think to answer it. I was going to ask you guys, what do you think of the concept of you know him having parents and him having like his parents' spirit looking out for him? Like, is that something you you gave any thought to, or you know, because I, I know that it's it, not often do they. I mean, I guess you could argue maybe they they said that Alpha Trion was kind of like Prime and Alita's daddy or something, but I mean, not really. I mean, there's not much. Uh, sort of family units mentioned in Transformers. So I was curious what everybody's, you know, Justin, Tony, Mike, I was curious what all your thoughts were about that. Uh, as a kid, oh, I never ahead. really thought about it because I guess I was a kid myself. I was like, okay, Willie's a boy and, you know, Hot Rod's like a young man, Autobot or something. Like, that's that's just how it was. I never questioned it or thought about it, you know. You know, there's girl Autobots. I never really, like, thought about it because I was a kid, but as an adult, I'm like, wait a minute. Willie has parents, and there are female Autobots? Like, that That doesn't really make sense. Why would they be these things? Like, how does Willie have parents? Why are there female Autobots? Do they reproduce somehow? And that's when you kind of, like, that way lies madness. I'm like, I don't want to think about it <laughs> yeah, too much. Yeah, you can't think about it too much. Yeah, That's pretty I, I, much how I feel, too. Yeah. yeah, I agree with Justin. It's like when I was a kid, like, you know, the Fembot episode, I was like, okay, there's girl Autobots. They got lipstick, whatever. Oh, RC, she's a girl bot, whatever. And then, like, you know, when you get older, you're like, so are two bots banging and they made a robot? Yeah, and your brain fucking seizes up, and you're like, what the fuck's going on? I mean. Hey, Optimus did stick his plug in Elita's <laughs> outlet. So. <laughs> What? By the way, folks, look look forward to Windblade coming out from IDW Comics. <laughs> um, no, I just I, I thought it was worth bringing up. I mean, I don't know. It's it's just it's a personification of humanity. I mean, there's, I, I think, there's no there's no getting around that, you know. So I I just I, I think the story it's very sweet because it gives yeah, yeah. Really a backstory. So that's kind of nice. Yeah, that that I guess that's all that matters. I was just curious. If there's any more we could delve into it other than that, but I guess that's you know it's. You know, these are, are robotic characters that are given, you know, human personification, and that's pretty much all there is to it. So, 
Well, I will say this, um, and this is just about Wheelie in general, not just this story. I I did like the movie, and Wheelie was an example of that, and I'll give that credit. I like the idea that there were other apparent Transformer races in the galaxy, because they never really say that Wheelie was from Cybertron. You know, he could have been, you know from another planet like Lathone or, you know, something like that. He was just a transforming yeah. robot. And yeah, that's true. I yeah. love that world building. That's that's a really cool thing. I like that. And yeah. the movie doesn't give you any answers as to, like, where Wheelie came from. So, I mean, at least there's that for this thing. Yeah, it, it's kind of cool. It's like, oh, well, Wheelie, maybe that's how everybody talked on this planet. Everybody rhymed, you know. That, that was how they communicated. Or... Like Mike said, you know, he he got fucked up. You know, he was on a world by himself. But, I mean, it's kind of a cool, like, I, I love I, I love any kind of science fiction or fantasy thing that makes a world out of what they're trying to build. Not just like, this happens here. Like, you know, we're all from Thundera. We're all tigers. But it's, it's kind of cool to think like, oh, well, there's Cybertron. They got robotic individuals. But, no, there's a whole bunch of other fucking planets that have transforming robotic, you know, entities, and, you know, they actually can come together and is kind of, you know, a cool idea. I mean, I don't know. It, it sounds strange, but I like epic world building, and, like, Willie actually did have a part in that. I'll give him that, at least. I like the epic army of Paradron medics that are going to be tending to Cyclonus' every need. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. And Sandstorm still dies. Um, you know what? I'm just gonna say, like you guys, like or or maybe whoever it is that doesn't care for Wheelie, I'm just gonna go out there and say, man, Sandstorm's a fucking bitch. He's dumb. <laughs> so there. I, I would I, I would gladly I would gladly take any Wheelie over Sandstorm any day of the week. So there you go. Well, in my defense, I I, I will say this: uh, as much as I love the new Sandstorm toy, which I own, um, to this day I'm like. Why does Sandstorm get an awesome Voyager that, like, looks really badass, and Octane got the shittiest fucking deluxe he could ever have, and he was a much better character? So, I, I feel your pain. I feel your pain. But, hey, hey, kids, Wheelie does have a pretty cool deluxe made out of the jazz mold, remolded head, and he comes with a slingshot. I remember seeing, like, a really cool third-party thing where he looked like, like Wheelie, you know? like I want to... Oh, God, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, th- that one's, like... I want to say like old, but he's yeah, probably yeah. like yeah, like I don't know within the last ten years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. He's three, four years old, but like he's got metal and everything else. Uh, I think it's the same guys who did like the 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 first RC. It's like it's like a garage kit. Yeah, 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 something like that, or or that one Cyclonus or whatever. Like, yeah, he look he looks pretty sweet. I'll give him that. He looks he he actually looks just like the uh, Florodiri model. Yeah, yeah. That's why I was like, oh, that's pretty cool looking. You know. But as far as really, I will say this, Derek. I will say that there's a lot more characters in Transformers I hate much more than him. So he's not, he's not on Daniel levels. Like Sandstorm. I just, I just, I just, as a kid, I just naturally thought anyone who talked funny was dumb. So like Wheelie, Rekgar, Blur, like they were all on my shit list as a kid. <laughs> see, 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 there you go, Derek. I, I although, love although. The Dinobots, the Dinobots escaped that because dinosaurs are fucking awesome. But like, you know, anyone else was like, no. 
Yeah, I so, love Rhett so Gunn. So basically, what you're telling me, what you're telling me, is Quick Kick was a stupid motherfucker to you. Oh yeah. <laughs> Here's looking at you, sweetheart. Hey, sweetheart. Oh, over sweetheart. Yeah, shut the fuck up and die, <laughs> quick kick. Bye, Mike. Stupid sea spray. <laughs> oh, man. Um, can I just say that your man Octane totally stole Blitzwing's fucking character arc, so... Fuck him, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, huh? That's <laughs> true. Gotta sell the new toy. Why do you care, though? I'm not a new toy. What? I don't get any character development. Fuck you. To, to be fair, Blitzwing and fucking Octane both have fucking terrible toys. The only one who has a good fucking toy is fucking Astro Train. Hey, does like does Astro Train talk funny, or is he fine? No, he's he's fine. Okay. He, he I mean, if... He talks a little funny, but it, it it's not. It's not. <laughs> it's like you're making me think like like if they wanted to make him talk funny, like he just like whenever he talks, like a locomotive noise would like a, a <laughs> locomotive like whistle would sound like. <laughs> I just want like, I just want him to say I choo 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 you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying sure? like I don't I, I don't know what it is like. How can I explain this? I don't think of Wheelie like Scooter and GoBots. Now, Scooter uh, and GoBots, like, that's annoying to me. And and yeah. beyond that, like, it's very, like, effeminate and kind of, like, you know, like, he can't do anything. But Wheelie, like, he might be little, but he's kind of like, to me, I'm like, well, one day Wheelie's going to grow up and be a badass. It's like Carl in The Walking Dead. Like, he tries to shoot Grimlock with a fucking slingshot like i mean that's got to take some autobot balls right there you know what i mean like that's that's all i'm saying so yeah whereas like scooter which i will give you this scooter grew up to like deliver domino's pizza he was like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and we learned something like i can do a pretty decent scooter <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's, that's awesome um yeah he didn't have much to live up to with what with leader one and all. We should do a GoBots episode just because I <laughs> we can bag on Wheelie as much as I I would love to, but like fucking Scooter's fucking face is a fucking goddamn Scooter when he was riding around pissing me the fuck off. Yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm in the stars. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Scooter, let's go. I don't know. What was it? Oh, well, anyway, whatever. Yeah. I'm sorry. We're going off on a tangent. Wrap it yeah, up. We got to right. we we wrap it up, yeah. Yeah, so that, that was our discussion on Wheelie the Wild Boy of Quintesson. If you've enjoyed hearing Transformers Tuesday tonight, then feel free to check out other episodes of Transformers Tuesdays. We have other fan hole spinoff shows like Mobile Suit Mondays where we discuss things from the Gundam franchise. We've got Sentai Saturdays, where we discuss Japanese Sentai, and we've got Toku Thursdays, where we're currently discussing the Android Kakaida Toku series. So check any of those out if you're interested. We also have the Fan Holes Proper podcast, where we have various topics from, you know, week to week. And we've got a bunch of spin-off shows. We've got sidecasts. Uh, we've got top ten blogs. 
all kinds of stuff for you to check out on fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. If you have any questions, comments, or emails, please send them to fanholespodcast at gmail.com. And until the next time, this is going to be Derek, Derek WC, signing off. Wheelie is rad, Scooter is dumb, I hate you, Sandstorm, Octane, you stole Blitzwing's character arc! This is Mike, and I don't have a rhyme. Me, Grimlock. Hey, this is Tony, and about Wheelie, I can't go on, but hey, in Dreamwave, he was best friends with a Sharknikon. <laughs> <laughs> It's true, he was. Uh, I think there's been a mistake.